Welcome to Once Upon a Disney, an analytical yet fun-loving look at Disney narrative filmography from the 20th century. I'm Andy Redwine, walking through the forest, laughing back and forth at what my co-host has to say, and that co-host is the good guy, Larry Brenner. How are you, Larry? I'm great, Andy. How are you doing today? I'm swell. Hey, so what movie are we doing today? We are doing Robin Hood from 1973. And I just want to remind our our listeners, this is the animated Robin Hood. If, If you watched a Robin Hood and he wasn't a fox, I think you would have noticed that he should be a fox for our conversations. Yes, he should absolutely be a fox. Well, some key facts um, here. We have, this movie was directed and produced by Wolfgang Reitherman, who had been with Walt Disney since 1934. So nearly 40 years at this point. Um, He had been an animator on every major feature film and the package films, you know, kind of working his way up to directing animator, sequence director, and then director. he, you know, Disney had been really struggling uh, with the financial burden of animating movies. I mean, this movie cost like $5 million to make, and it has some pretty big shoes to fill. It's the 21st animated feature, and it's the first to do completely on its own without any input from Walt Disney at all. So, fortunately, this movie makes about $33 million at the box office, so it does okay. Uh, but they really they really wanted to hit that $10 million mark to see if they could at least double their money. Right. That was the that was the goal. And I, I will say, you know, not it's a little out of scope for our conversations. There's nothing I I like the animation for this, but there's no innovation in the animation of this movie, I think. Right. Uh, I, or at least not one that I noticed. Whereas other other movies tend to some of them tended to have stylized when you take a look at the difference between Sleeping Beauty and Cinderella and Snow White and the Jungle Book and what have you there's there's clearly different styles this is this is the point where i think disney settles into it this is what animated movies are going to look like in the 70s kind right. of groove yeah i mean it's there's a there's definitely slapstick elements and there's a lot of motion and movement maybe that we haven't seen before especially if robin whips around um but yeah a lot of this we have seen elements of this in the past totally agree now if you have the blu-ray version of this movie or you check the extras out on disney plus you'll see a deleted storyline where prince john works together with sir hiss to create these love letters that trap Robin and Marion together in order to create a situation where Robin can be assassinated. But I think in the end, they felt it was just too dark to do that. Hmm. Uh, Yeah. I mean, (laughs) maybe not for today's audiences, but maybe it was just too much. I don't know. Not for today's audiences, but also not for the audiences prior to this, the villainy of Prince John in this movie pales in comparison to the, to the evil queen in snow white. But we oh, can talk more about sure. that later. Sure, sure. Um, there's another, there's actually an, also in these extras in the Blu-ray version, there's also an alternate ending where Robin is wounded in his jump from the burning castle in the end. Little John runs him into the church. He's tended by Maid Marian as he's dying. And as he's laid, as he lays dying, Prince John attempts that assassination. And in that moment, King Richard comes in to take back the crown, save Robin. Uh, they, you know, Robin comes back to health. They knight him. 
he orders them to be married and we get to see the wedding in that ending, which is kind of sweet. Um, but it's a lot and it's a lot. And you know, you're having King Richard come in and save the day, not our hero. Right. Exactly. Which is, which would be problematic. Um, Yes. So according to IMDb, I thought this was really funny. Uh, a few months prior to the release of Robin hood, uh, the animators needed, uh, Peter Ustinoff, who plays Prince John, to come back to the Disney studios to re-record some of his lines as Prince John. And the animators are trying to track him down. They call London, they call New York, they call Paris, they call Vienna, they call Tokyo. They're trying to locate him and only to discover that he'd been working at the NBC studios in Burbank just a half mile down the street from their own studio. Of course. course. This is like when I try to find my children and they're in the next room. Yes. (laughs) Exactly. Um, So some of the scenes and the characters in this movie, and this, you know, this alludes to what you were saying earlier, Larry, um, are recycled from Snow White, from Bedknobs and Broomsticks, from the Jungle Book, a lot taken from the Jungle Book, actually, and the Aristocats. Yeah, I noticed some of them. Yeah, a former Disney animator Floyd Norman claimed that recycling animation was Reitherman's decision, and they did it because they wanted to use things that they knew would work, because redrawing existing sequences is very, very time-consuming. And, of course, these are also the days before any real computer-assisted animation, and I think they were pressured to, these these movies can't take three years. You've got to knock them out. And so, and this is also the last movie uh, for Disney where George Bruns, uh, George Bruns composes the music. So. Okay. Fair enough. There's that. There there is that. Uh, The one bit of experimenting that I did notice, uh, they do something in the opening of this movie that I don't think I've ever seen in a Disney movie before or since. They start off with what is essentially a character parade. Where they where mm-hmm. they get all of the characters, some of whom I mean, we've never met any of them, truthfully, mm-hmm. um, and they bring everybody we're ever going to meet out in the front, and it I I don't understand the thinking of it, what why we get this sort of I, I mean I'm calling it a character parade I don't know what else to call it. But is there another Disney movie you can think of that does this or is I I can't. But what I do know is lots of kind of movies from that era, particularly in the 1970s and particularly movies that are British often have this. Let's see the cast of characters before we even start. So that may be kind of something that was happening at the time and not so much. You not know, a Disney feels, decision necessarily, a, but like yeah, more of a going along with, with with what the other studios are doing. Yeah, I can right, see that. Right, right. At the time, at the as I'm watching this, they're like Little John, a bear, and I'm like, <laughs> you know, if you need to tell me he's a bear, and I can't tell it from him visually, I, I trust that I'm going to get that it's a bear. You know, right? Robin Hood, right. a fox. Mm, is that what he is? Uh, anyway, it seemed a little silly to me. I would not count. The parade as uh, the Manish Tana, however, uh, mm-hmm. the Manish Tana being like, why does the movie start where it starts? Uh, this movie does begin with that classic uh, Disney storybook opening uh, where they open it up and, and basically almost like a fairy tale. This is Once Upon a Time. But we also have a narrator who is a character, uh, Alan Adale, who's a rooster, uh, who seems to me, Andy, very chill and laid back about the story he's about to tell. He's not excited to tell it. Uh, he's not. He's not. Um, 
he's not upset to tell it. He's just like, right. yeah, this, I'm here. We're going to talk about Robin Hood. I was there. Um, but okay, we move we move past that. But I mean, it's we, Ro- it's Roger Miller, and he's. I mean, and I think people in that time are going to know it's Roger Miller just when they hear it. And Roger Miller is traditionally that guy who doesn't get too excited about anything before he does something really kind of zany and wacky. So that's right. kind of fun too. Yeah. Um, then we get some exposition, and the exposition comes in the storybook. Uh, king Richard was king of England. He left. Prince John is his brother, and Prince John is in charge. Prince John is bad, and he taxes the people too much. Go. And then Alan and Dale introduces us via song to Robin Hood and Little John going through the forest. And right. Andy, I have a question. I mean, my yes. question is always, why do we start here? Mm-hmm. But it strikes me as a really bizarre place to start our story. I, Robin Hood at this point is already an outlaw. He is mm-hmm. already, you know, arguably fighting the forces of Prince John. This is not his first, uh, I, I don't get the sense that this is his first strike against uh, John and his people. So why mm-hmm. are we starting here? What why why is this the moment that the, that we're choosing to enter the world of Robin Hood? Well, I don't know definitively, but um, you know, when Alan Adale talks about he talks about here's what happened in Sherwood Forest according to the animals. And then he says a little later on um that he he my job is to tell it like it is or was or whatever. <laughs> So, so now we're like, well, are you a reliable narrator? We don't really know. Um, But then we jump into the song about Robin Hood and Little John. And these are buddies and they're having a good time, but they're always kind of dodging the sheriff. And Little John says to him, you're taking too many chances. So we know there's danger, even if Robin sort of dismisses the danger of it. And he doesn't really realize that the stakes are as high as they are. Or maybe he does, but he really sees their life as sort of a game. And then little John asks him, are we good guys or bad guys? Right. And, and, and I think that moment is, you know, am I like Robin Hood is a hero. This is a superhero movie. I mean, where Robin Hood's arc is not going to get that, you know, he's not going to have a huge arc because he's a, he starts out as a hero and he's going to end a hero. But there is this question, you know, is he justified in his actions because of what's happening to other people? So is this just a game or are there real stakes? Right. And and so here and you you've gotten exactly to where I needed you to get me. Because little John is asking a question that the movie should fill us in on by starting mm-hmm. us in a different place. Right. So so if we saw at the outset of this how how like the villainy of what happens on Prince for example on Prince John's first day as substitute teacher, substitute king of England. Right. And that there's an immediate transition to your taxes are going up to support the war. And Robin Hood says this is an outrage. Robin Hood gets arrested and Robin Hood has to run. We mm-hmm. would know right from the outset Robin Hood is the good guy. 
right? Prince John is the bad guy. But instead, they've kind of told us that Prince John is bad in a very mm-hmm. generic sort of way. And so Robin Hood and little like little John says, so so are we the good guys? And Robin Hood's like, yeah, I guess we are. But but show us. Right. Show us that he's the good guy and show us that Prince John's the bad guy. Don't shrug your shoulders and tell me I guess. Uh and that I, this may I be Alan Adele's storytelling style, but I feel like I feel like there are better entry points to the legend of Robin Hood. And mm-hmm. specifically, I would say, bring us in at the outset of the crisis, right? As I, opposed I mean, to somewhere in the middle. Yeah. I mean, usually, I would say, if you're going to have exposition, let's get it out of the way, right? Um, and I think that's what they do here. But I think what might have been a more interesting choice, and I almost think that this is what the plan was, um, there are moments where I feel like, why are we spending time on this exposition in this moment? Yes. Um, because it feels like Prince John, the story starts where the royal coach and the entourage are coming through the forest. And here are Robin and little John dressing as the fortune tellers, and they're going to take the ill-gotten gains back, right? Um, and it would be interesting to see all of that take place. And then hear little John ask, are we good guys or bad guys? Yes, that would be better also. Right. That would be better if we don't know exactly what we're seeing and why we're seeing it. Right. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you. There's a, no, there's a number of things I'm going to point out. And I, I think I think I need to point this out. This movie is not a movie. It was designed as a movie. We're going to treat it like it's a movie. But this movie would be better served as a TV series about Robin Hood. It, it's the Dukes of Hazard, essentially. No, to for me. sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and in the or Dukes the of Hazard, or, yeah, we don't sure. we don't really get too bogged down on the backstory of the characters. We just know that every week we're going to see a caper. The conflict between um, the sheriff and and them Duke boys, or in this case, Robin Hood and Little John. Uh, is is an ongoing conflict uh, that will continue for until the series ends. I feel like that that is the I don't know that it's the inspiration for this, but that's the world where this kind of storytelling need wants to be. But instead, it's yeah. a movie, and because it's a movie, I'm asking questions that I might not have to ask here. I think we have three episodes of this right here, yeah. and I think they're being presented as three acts. Um, and and again, the only way it works as a movie is if uh, Robin Hood makes some sort of adjustment. And I can make a case that he does, but I think it could be I think it could be better. I can make a flimsy case that he changes over the course of this movie, right. but it is flim- as, as as little John might say, <laughs> flimsy man. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so so then when I say, what's the inciting incident, it's a little tricky um, because I don't think they're the inc- this is another case where they've put their inciting incident before their movie, which is Prince John mm-hmm. took power and Ro- or or arguably Robin Hood is the first person to stand up to Prince John. That happened mm. prior to the beginning of this movie. Instead, we get Prince John traveling through the forest and Robin Hood and Little John go in disguise to rob him. But that's not an inciting 
incident. And it's it's not the thing that sparked the movie. The thing that and it's not the thing that the only way to make it into an inciting incident, and this is me doing work as an audience member, is to say, today is the day Prince John learns about Robin Hood. Mm-hmm. That maybe prior to this, the sheriff of Nottingham was like keeping the fact that there was this outlaw uh Robin Robin the stagecoaches to himself. But today, Prince John experiences it firsthand, um, and now he's he is he is ready to to seek out Robin Hood and get him down. But Prince John is not the hero of this story, right? And, I mean, and it's inciting Prince John to action, but not our hero. Yeah, I I think the inciting incident um, it's just weird because. We need a reason for Robin Hood and Little John to get those ill-gotten taxes back. Right. You know, there has to be a reason to do that other than just, you know, now this time we're going to rob the royal coach. We've never done that before. Um, Yes. And I think I think they want that to be the inciting incident. And again, I think they're inciting. If you again, if you look at these things as three episodes, you have an inciting incident for each of the three episodes. Right. And the three episodes are wholly different from each other. You know, you have that royal coach and entourage come through the forest. In Act Two, you have Friar Tuck telling Robin that about the archery, uh, the archery tournament, right? And then in Act Three, you know, jail, Friar right. Tuck gets well. Friar Tuck gets into it with the sheriff, and he's sentenced yes. to death, right? So then you have to have exposition for each of those, which you do. You have. Exposition in Act Two, where the children meet Mary, Maid Marion and Lady Cluck, right? Where's that come from? Uh, we don't even see Maid Marion until Act Two, and right. then in, in Act Three, you have Sheriff and and his, who are really kind of caught up in the satirization of, of Prince John, right? And so, I mean, each of these is at functions as an episode. So this is great. And I'm going to tell you, I mean, it's not great for the movie, but it's great for for me, what you've just said. Because what what you've just caused me to click for me here is, we've been talking about how sometimes movies are like, get to the action already. Mm -hmm. So let's say that this movie is a response to that note. We want to start immediately on a heist, right? Right, right. The problem is, because they got to the action already, then they have to keep circling their wagons back to get us the exposition. And so, so we keep, we keep journeying back to get more information. Oh, uh, oh, Prince John, you know, had Sir Hiss hypnotize King Richard into leaving. Oh, actually Robin Hood has a love interest that he left behind. Oh, and like, and we keep having to like go back and collect the information we need in order to move forward. Whereas if you did this in a, started your point of attack, your, your Manishtana earlier, and move mm-hmm. this forward going through. Yes, we might not get to the action right away, but we wouldn't. Once we get to the action, it can be a smooth, smooth rising action where things just keep getting intense without the constant decompression. Because what's immediately going to happen after this Robin Hood and Little John sequence is we're going to skip for about a half hour to introduce Skippy the Bunny. Uh, mm-hmm. His birthday, 
Uh, Rob, Robin Hood's going to give him a bow and arrow, and then Skippy's going to shoot the bow and arrow, and then the arrow's going to get to the into the castle. So Skippy goes inside the castle where he meets Maid Marian, Maid Marian and Lady Cluck, and then we learn that Maid Marian's in love with with um, with Robin Hood, and. In fact, there is no situ- situation where really Skippy is in danger while he's in the castle. He thinks he might right. be. He actually <laughs> isn't. But that is right. that is 20, easily, 20 minutes of us going back to give us information we should have had in the beginning. And, mm-hmm. and it's not one of the, quote unquote, three episodes of this movie. It's, it is an interstitial designed to get us ready for the next episode. Unless you were watching this. Okay, so so here's the thing. I think these guys were taxed with, <laughs> we've got, we're going to put, I know this is going to cost us a lot of money. So I want you to make this like a three episode piece for Wonderful World of Disney, where we can cut it and start it. Because you, I mean, at the 15 minute mark, at the, it hits every single commercial break with a fade. Every time you see the fade out, that's your commercial yep. break. And so I think I think they are trying really hard to fulfill a whole lot and do a whole lot here um, in, in much the same way that um, like Davy Crockett, you know, Davy Crockett is a movie. And yes. we're like, well, it ends in this moment. But yep, that's the end of the episode. And so if you're Didn't trying to happen get it, the other way with Davy Crockett, wasn't it the, the wonderful Walt of Disney first and then they went back and connected the cor- things? Correct. Correct. But I really feel like this is that because it's almost like each of these is a I mean, you know, each of the there's a climax in each of them. Um, the the only thing that saves this movie is that if if each of these climaxes where, you know, Robin saves the birthday party and then um, in the second act, uh, Robin is sentenced to death, but then little John puts a knife in Prince John's back and they all escape. Right. And in the end, Robin saves the people, but then dives into the moat. So each of those pieces, the stakes get raised for Robin and it's not yes. just a game anymore. And it is I, I would agree with you. Evil. I would agree with you there that the, the episodes do, do move on at the, uh, they increase do. in stakes. Uh, sure. they, they do escalate over time. I just think that this movie, and I think you're right. I think they were thinking of it with like one eye to, to TV. And my argument is going to be at a certain point, the thing that I think this movie is afraid to really go for it. And that, that I think is the issue. At a certain point, you have to say, I want to make a great movie. And this is a movie where they said, let's make a movie that's good enough and let's have an escape route for this movie. Mm-hmm. If it's not good enough, we can chop it up and put it on TV. Right. But that's how you get. And I, I, I like a lot of Robin Hood, so don't don't feel like I'm dissing. Oh yeah, yeah. But yeah. but if you're not aiming for the stars with your movie, that's how you get mediocrity. And right. there are there are while there are great sequences in this movie, there are also long boring sequences where I am just waiting for something to happen. Mm-hmm. And it's all because, you know, they're not designing it with like, we're going to be a box office smash. They're designing it with the thought of, you know, we can do a couple of things with this. We got to make, we, we let, let's, they're aiming for a modest success. 
right? I mean, it feels like a Flintstones, like three Flintstones episodes put together. Yes. Or the yes. Jetsons or something very like Hanna-Barbera. It doesn't feel like... I mean, there are there are these like chase scenes and moments where you're like, oh, that's straight out of the Flintstones. Or that's something I would see on, you know, uh, on the Jetsons, right? But this movie is 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 aiming is aiming too low. And Hanna-Barbera could do this. What 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 they've set out to do here, Hanna-Barbera could do. I agree. And I also think that there are parts of this that and I again, this is one of my family's favorite movies. And when I said, hey, I'm doing Robin Hood, like everybody got in the living room and everybody's watching it with me and they're having a good time. But I noticed in parts like, oh, everybody got up to get popcorn or refi- refill their drinks during the love sequence. Yes. Um, when the when the fights are going on uh, and a lot of the back and forth and the crashes and all that, everybody was like, oh, I'll take a bathroom break. Does anybody want a snack? I mean, there's there are moments where... The ten- there's no more tension. All and the air just, is out of the balloon. All they the air is out. Time reblowing. Yep, yep. And and the chase scenes are just sort of um, filler, right? They don't really drive the story forward. So let let me get us through rising action quickly because sure. I think we've really covered it. It's sequence after sequence. We get uh, the fortune teller sequence followed by the Skippy the bunny sequence. After Skippy the Bunny, we go to the tournament sequence where Robin Hood goes in disguise, Prince John operates his trap, and Little John rescues Robin Hood. In the course of that, Robin Hood and Maid Marian confirm their love for one another. Then we get like a sequence in which Robin Hood and Maid Marian are lovey-dovey in the forest. And then we move forward in time. Uh, the taxes have gotten worse. Uh, and Prince John is put throwing just about everybody in jail. And what appears to be the straw that breaks the camel's back is Friar Tuck gets arrested, mm-hmm. right? Friar Tuck thro- heroically throws the sheriff out of the church after the, after the sheriff is stealing from the poor box, mm-hmm. right? Which has a single farthing in it. That's the breaking point for Friar Tuck. He he and the sheriff have a battle of the bellies, as we call it in my house, where they're just slamming their tum-tums into each other. Mm-hmm. And then he gets arrested, uh, and Robin Hood is like, okay, you, you can't go arresting Friar Tuck. So, what would you say the climax of this movie is, if you had to pick one for the entire movie? If I had to pick one for the entire movie, okay. Um... Well, I think it is where, you know, Robin Hood saved the people uh, from the jail, but then he is climbing the tower. The sheriff has set everything on fire. He's fought the sheriff and now he's at the top of the tower. There's nowhere for him to go. And he has to dive into the moat and everybody thinks he's dead. Yeah. That's what I think. Yeah. That's the moment where the stakes are the highest. They're the highest because everyone's in jail including skippy and his and his brothers and sisters the little turtle boy friar tuck everyone's everyone is on the line here so the stakes are higher Pro, the, you know in the previous episode the stakes had been robin hood wanted to kiss from maid marian not a particularly high stake 
Um, but also that this this seems to be Robin gets outfoxed, if you will, a little <laughs> bit. Um, his his scheme works, but he he has this thing happen that was not part of the plan. He gets left behind because he goes back heroically to save the littlest bunny. He gets trapped, and it looks like he might die in this circumstance. Uh, right. But he doesn't. He escapes. But that that is what the, I think. I think you're exactly right. I think this is what the movie will call its big climax. But here's the thing I want to say. What the climax isn't in this movie. It is not the overthrow of Prince John. Mm-hmm. And it happens in between scenes. So after Robin Hood uh, escapes, we find out King Richard came back, kicked his brother off the throne, and mm-hmm. and the bad guy was defeated off camera. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that alternate ending does have Richard um, confronting uh, confronting John, but it should be Robin Hood that confronts John. Or it should be Robin Hood that exposes Prince John to, to King Richard. Right. Or have done right. something to get King Richard back to England. Something. Right. Something. Right. Robin Hood does not defeat his own villain. He just mm-hmm. does not. It happened by this other guy, and uh, and we just have to accept it. Uh, then we get the falling action, and in the mm-hmm. falling action, Robin Hood and Maid Marian got married, and they're bringing this baby bunny with them on the honeymoon for some reason, and um, and also we see our villains. Uh, we see Sir Hiss, uh, Prince John, and the sheriff. They're all in the standard uh, black and white prison garb that all Disney villains get, and they're all locked in all, irons. Locked in irons, and they they are put to heavy labor, uh, and that's and that's where the movie ends. Yeah, that's where we get the justice, I guess. We um, we get justice. Uh, I I think I think we get justice, but. It would just be so nice. This is this is like watching a Batman movie, and at the very end, Batman gets back to the Batcave and says, and Alfred goes, "By the way, sir, uh, Commissioner Gordon arrested the Joker yesterday." And Batman goes, "Mission accomplished." That's not what I wanted. <laughs> right. That's not what I, I want from Batman, and it's not what I want from Robin Hood. There's a lot of telling and not a lot of showing. And again, you're not with animation. You're not really limited to. Uh, I mean, you, the sky's the limit, right? Unless yeah. you have, of course, unless there are just um, financial considerations and well, what have we got? And let's make it fi- all cut to fit. Unless you're making a movie with one hand tied behind your back, which I argue this movie is. They're, they're, they are restraining themselves at every point. And when Walt was in charge, it was always, let's see what else we can do. Let's open this up as much as possible. And this is just an era of Disney where they're like, let's play it safe. Let's play it safe. Let's not rock the boat. Let's not shake things up. And and let's cut to fit. Yeah. yeah. I I mean, that's that's the loss here. This movie is fine for what Mm -hmm. it is. It would do terribly today if it were released in the movie theaters. We would not accept it. Uh, no. as, as it no. currently is. Um, and 
And there's a reason that we're not going back to make sequels of Robin Hood or this yeah. iteration of Robin Hood. Other people will go to the Robin Hood well, but they don't come back to this one. Right. Okay, well, let's get into characters. We've got Robin Hood, a fox, <laughs> uh, by uh, a, a voice by Brian Bedford. Um, I mean, I think I think they want us. I think they want Robin Hood to be the protagonist of this movie. Um, he moves from robbing the rich as a game to, as we said, saving actual lives and really paving the way for the true king of England. Uh, he's a master of disguises. He's a skilled marksman. He's sly as a fox. What do you think? He's charming. And I have heard mm-hmm. him compared, uh, not unfavorably, to Errol Flynn. Right? Like that there is oh, actually sure. like, you know, listen, I'm not attracted to foxes. Uh, people who are trying to figure out what my type is at home. Um, but I do know people who are like, Robin Hood is sexy. Like, and they mean the fox Robin Hood. <laughs> they're they're not talking about like i i have heard this about him i like him but the part where i like him the most honestly in this movie is in the middle when he's talking about maid marion and he's and he's insecure about whether she still likes him yes that is if if you could do more with that show more windows into who he is as a person he's a person who's aware that he's a legend but but Mm -hmm. let's let's show a little more of i want to say the man but but the fox up beneath the legend a little bit more because you're right andy uh when you said earlier it's really hard to say how does our protagonist change and grow his circumstances may change over the course Mm -hmm. of the movie but how does he change and grow? What is he grappling with? Right, because he never really shies away from anything. It's never like an option for him to like go to London and escape all of this. He never has a moment where he can turn away from the peasants or where he has an escape hatch that would just make life easier for him or and nothing like that. He 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 never wavers. He he does his Robin Hood stuff. His villains don't challenge him either. So he's never really like at a loss for what to do. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, he's always 10 steps ahead of them. Uh, And and his relationships with them, he he dislikes them on principle. But he doesn't seem to take what they do personally. He just shrugs and laughs them off again and Mm -hmm. again. Um, There's just... There's just not enough meat on the bones for him as a protagonist. And there could... He's a great character. Whether Mm -hmm. he works as the protagonist of this movie, I don't know. Um, And I I think the movie tries to do this by solving the protagonist problem uh, with a different character. Uh, Yeah. I I, I think that's what Skippy the Bunny is for. Right? Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I think Skippy is Robin Hood... Like Little Robin Hood, right? Right. Um, like we're, I think we're supposed to see Little Skippy as who Robin Hood used to be, and we're seeing the forces. Like, like, like if we add the two of them together, maybe we get a full journey. Uh, Skippy felt powerless in the face of evil, but then someone gave him a bow and an arrow, and he started to see himself as a hero, and he started taking great greater risks, and then. 
where where Skippy ends this movie is where I think Robin Hood begins the movie. Uh, it's mm-hmm. it's kind of a backwards way to get a full protagonist function out of this. Uh, yeah, but I think it's the best we're going to do in analyzing it. Agree. All right, we got Little John a Bear, <laughs> Bill Harris. I, so what do we have think? to compare him to Baloo, right? He um, is Baloo, right? I mean, in looks and the same character and. In looks and in voice, uh, mm-hmm. I, I would argue they're not the same person, but but because they're cast with the same voice actor and because they're physically so similar and they're both bears, pick a different animal if you want us to not immediately draw this parallel. Uh, I actually I actually think there are parts where Little John is exactly like Baloo. When he's in when he's, you know, dressed as the female fortune teller and he's grabbing up the coins right. and he's playing along or when he's in costume mm-hmm. with the prince, that's Baloo. But then in, I think actually think he's a deeper, richer character than Robin is mm-hmm. because in his private time, he's worried about the stakes. He's worried that maybe they're not doing this the right way or doing the right thing. He's got anxiety that I think Baloo doesn't have. He's Baloo. Right. He's Baloo, but a little bit neurotic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he's definitely loyal. He helps Robin get out of the scrapes, like you said. And he, and he, he seems to kind of have a thing for Lady Cluck. A I, little bit. I, maybe. I, I think he's just being, forgive me, Andy. He's being Robin's wingman. Yeah. Get yeah, it? I think that's probably right. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> Oof. Listeners at home, if you're not laughing, that's okay. That's okay. My children won't laugh when they hear this part. It, that's fine. No, I, I I think you're right. I think he's good at disguises, and I think he saves the day. Um, I mean, he saves Robin's life, and Robin doesn't really give him... I don't know. I mean, they're buddies, and maybe buddies don't give each other credit, but he never really thanks him for what the work that he does. Well, there is a famous story about Robin Hood, about the day where Robin Hood first meets little John on the bridge, and they challenge mm-hmm. each other. But we don't get that story here. No, uh, but it's not one of at the all. great. It's one of the great Robin Hood stories. Is how Robin Hood met little John, and if you want this movie to be about the relationship between these two people. A great inciting incident might be, let's start on the day where Robin Hood meets Little John. Let's mm-hmm. do it and make it, if, if it's a buddy adventure, let's take it from the beginning and and really see them grow to care about each other, become best friends, do a little Toy Story action between Woody and Buzz with Robin Hood and mm-hmm. Little John. Yeah, for sure. All right, Prince John, a lion. <laughs> <laughs> keep doing that sorry peter ustinov who's so great i i honestly think prince john makes this movie what it okay. is i think Ustinov's what is performance it you like about prince john i, I don't mean uh, like but like as a character oh as a character i mean i think that the way that he um he just takes the lines and runs with them you know he gets that that crown gives him a feeling of power right um we don't really get much into Prince John's history here. We did nothing like that, but the fact that he's greedy and arrogant and ruthless and no good, like Friar Tuck says, um, and he wants money more than anything else in the world. He'll extract it from the poorest of the poor without anything. You know, he, he's just, a, he's a great little villain. Um, but again, he, he just, um, he's kind of short-sighted and doesn't really think much he doesn't deserve to be the king for sure he certainly doesn't but i also want to argue he needs a foil uh not a foil he needs an ally 
that he does not have in this movie. I have no problem with Prince John as he's conceived here. He's a fop. He's propped up by an army, um, but he himself is very weak. Uh, he He's greedy. He's vain. Like, all of that is fine. He isn't menacing. He comes up with, I am never, I, there's no threat from him. He's easily fooled. He sucks his thumb and calls for his mommy on multiple occasions. And, mm -hmm. and I think if you want to play him off, where is the villain who we can like actually be afraid of a little bit? Like when Robin Hood meets this guy, it's going to be a challenge. Um, so like Prince John can still be the mastermind behind all of this. He needs he needs a bruiser. He needs he needs mm, someone. Interesting. He 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 needs someone to do his dirty work. And the sheriff is not that. I mean, the sheriff is that in this movie. Uh, mm -hmm. But but the sheriff is not particularly menacing either. Well, the sheriff's just sort of cheerfully ruthless. And I think I think what's interesting is that any of any one of these animals could leave Prince John and join Robin Hood and the Merry Men, right? And be part of something bigger. But they're all sort of afraid of Prince John. And I think this movie sort of wants us to know that that Prince John's aren't worthy of your fear. And Prince John's, by the nature of themselves being terrible, surround themselves with the worst people. And I don't mean the worst people in terms of the most villainous people, but I mean mm -hmm. the most incompetent people. Because the, right. the people who are good at what they do <laughs> seek employment elsewhere. You get right. left, you get, you get, you get left with the, the losers. This is the D team. Right. If I'm a Disney villain and I'm drafting my Disney villain army, mm -hmm. these picks, Sir Hiss, the Sheriff of Nottingham, Nutsy and Trigger, they are at the bottom of my mm -hmm. draft pick. Like, if I have to take one to even out the team, I'll take one. I don't want them. Well, I think you mentioned Sir Hiss, and I think he's great. I think... I mean, I love it when Hiss will hiss in John's ear and he annoys him, right? I mean, that's a fun bit. He's afraid of John, but he doesn't see how John uses him. And and like I said, he could be he could just join the side of justice and tell. Uh, and even that moment at the beginning of Act Three, where Hiss and Sheriff are singing the song that everyone in the village is singing, they're showing that they're not that loyal to Prince John themselves you know what's a weird Chekhov's gun that never gets fired in this movie they what's establish that? that Sir Hiss has the power of hypnosis and mm -hmm. that the reason King Richard left is Sir Hiss hypnotized uh, King Richard to go Sir Hiss mm -hmm. tries to hypnotize Prince John but it doesn't work and then Sir Hiss never uses his powers again. <laughs> and it feels to me like there should point. be a plot line where Sir Hiss hypnotizes maybe Skippy the bunny into betraying mm -hmm. Robin Hood. Someone, mm -hmm. maybe Little John, if we want to make it a Little John Robin Hood thing, that Sir Hiss gets Little John alone, hypnotizes him, and, and Little John hypnotically leads Robin into danger. And and like we play with that a little bit. It is It is this... It's because Sir Hiss is essentially Ka the Python from the Jungle Book, um, but not as good. 
Right. I I would draft Ka the Python before I draft Sir Hiss. <laughs> and I sure as heck would take Sher Khan over anybody in this movie. Oh, 100%. 100%. Sher right, Khan should be uh, Prince John. He should. He should. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maid Marian. Uh, a vixen. <laughs> She's a cutie. Yeah, I mean, she she's supposed. I think the way they've set this up structurally is she's the uh, deuteragonist, you know, in, in the way that the movie's set up. I mean, Act Two is really her story. I, th- I think, unfortunately, it's Skippy's story, and I think she gets think third. So? We follow Skippy to Maid Marian, and we see Maid Marian through Skippy's eyes, and then we get to get to Maid Marian for just a little bit. But uh, yeah, no, anyway, anyway, um, but you're right. Like she's she's certainly one of the main characters of this. She doesn't have enough to do. No, I mean, I mean, for the love interest to only be on screen for a third of the movie is a little little rough. Um, she you know, I think there's a version she's in she's in love with him. She has to choose uh, to love him or not. And it's not just a continuation of Robin's story. Um, I think she has to find the courage to plead for his life. Maybe, maybe mm-hmm. she does that. Um, mm-hmm. but this, but again, this isn't all set up from the beginning. It's just, it again, and again, it's the, it's the limitation I think that's probably placed on this film. It's like, all right, we'll tell a story about Robin Hood. We'll see he's really good. And then next week we'll show Maid Marian and we'll wrap up that love interest. And then the next week, I mean, you can see them thinking of this like television, it feels like that to me. I can't the, prove this, of course. No, no, but it feels this, I, I feels this, this way to me, too. To me. And if we're, if we're both yeah. feeling it, you know, um, I would want to give her stuff to do. I would want her to be Robin's agent from the inside of the castle, passing notes, taking mm-hmm. risks, taking chances. She gets a save the cat sort of moment where she, like, protects Skippy a little bit or plays with Skippy and 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 what have you. We like her because she plays with children. Mm-hmm. Um, but but. Give give her some more heroic moments, especially especially in a world in which everyone is coded as an animal and Robin Hood has been coded as an as a fox because he's cunning. She's Mm -hmm. also coded as a fox. Let her be cunning too. let their cunning together be the thing that attracts them to each other. Yeah, or reattracts them to each other after a hiatus, right? Um, so I think you mentioned you keep mentioning children in the movie, and I think the children in this movie are are underused. I think if you're going to use them, um, I think they're there to make it more accessible to children because this is sort of an adult story, right? And Skippy idolizes Robin Hood, right? It reminds me of another movie that we have not done yet, which is The Aristocats where the kittens uh, idolize Thomas O'Malley, right? Yes. It's kind of the same, that same kind of vibe. Um, but the children also help us learn how Maid Marian feels about Robin Hood. And again, everything in this movie, now that I'm thinking about it, and I love this movie and I will watch it again. Sure. <laughs> I'd watch it again this afternoon. Is that every, everything that happens is almost uh, insulated from the actual thing. Yeah. So instead of watching Maid Marian feel about Robin Hood or engage him and maybe they have a conflict, we've got it. Well, he's talking to little John and she's talking to the children and, and Lady Cluck. It just feels like there needs to be put them in the same frame. You know? Yeah. It's easy enough to draw. right? 
Yeah, you're, no, but you're exactly you're exactly right. Uh, we want we want more than these passive female characters. We want active mm-hmm. female characters. And you know what? They deliver us an active or or a more active female character. It just yes. isn't made Marion. Yeah, it's Lady Cluck, right? A chicken. Uh, who, she is. She's great. Who Graydon, uh, my youngest, when we were watching this, says she's a real feminist. She's fighting. She yeah. does not. Yeah, she, she's got she pluck. Is, she is ready to go to war. And she's I'm got like, pluck, and she's no lady, right? But why isn't Maid Marian have these qualities that Lady Cluck has? Give Maid Marian a, a shy, demure sidekick lady who's very ladylike and courtly and make Maid Marian the one who's not afraid to get her hands dirty, not afraid to fight the sheriff. Um, you know, it, it I, I, well, I think, I, I think, think really what a rap to that. Yeah. I, I think we know the answer to that, which is in 1973, you don't make the the woman the you don't make the fighter one that uh, is attractive, right? The fighter is an. It's 1973 sensibilities about what what is a an attractive feminine character, and right. and you know I'm I'm biased by the fact that uh, I like women warriors. Uh, I I like the fighters. I like I like I like the passion. Um, mm-hmm same (laughs) yeah like if you ask me if you ask me which one i'm going on a date with it's lady cluck i don't (laughs) think i'm getting anywhere there all right i don't i i i don't think we're a love match but But i i will you know i i will i will you know die on the hill that i think little john's into her but that's all right uh, i think this is a movie where you know you've met your soulmate because they're the same species as you uh (laughs) (laughs) but but who knows maybe so all right uh so this movie has some protagonist problems it has you think i mean the major protagonist problem is our protagonist is by and large unchallenged throughout the movie uh, mm-hmm. succeeds in almost everything that he does without complication. Mm-hmm. Uh, when there is a complication, he's not the one to stop it. It's it's an right, external there are obstacles. Force. There are obstacles, but there's no complication. Like he doesn't do something, and then that triggers a whole set of awful things. You know, when he gets caught at the tournament, he does. Mm-hmm. We don't see him in desperation figure his way out of it. Little right. John puts a dagger to Prince John's back. Robin Hood, like, like in that moment, if he suddenly has to improvise a plan, that would be great. That's not what happens. It's somebody right. rescues him. Right. Um, yep. Yeah. I mean, and, and we could say that that happens in Act 2, but then he becomes the rescuer in Act 3. But again, it's it's so flimsy. Like, it's... I don't know. And I and I do him. think half the movie is Skippy's movie. Uh for for whatever reason you want to you want to do it, Skippy yeah. Skippy does a lot of the let's see this world through the eyes of children and they give him an arc where he he thinks at the end Rob, Robin Hood takes this moment, Skippy's firing the arrow but we see Robin Hood is actually firing the arrow from ahead and Skippy thinks he saved the day but it was really Robin's arrow from the beginning. 
Um, so we've had movies like this that are sequences before, right? Yeah. While Walt was still alive, we've had plenty of these movies where we see this is the sequence. And then the, this, what is missing, I think, in the directorship of this movie is we've got fantastic sequences. And the way that they're strung together is by these little fight scenes and chase scenes. Yep. And we know that they're going to be, we know we're going to get chase scenes because we get them in the very beginning of the movie. I mean, we get them when the credits roll, right? Yep. Um, but we don't have this kind of overarching, let's look at the whole landscape. We're all going to go on this journey from point A to point B. And these little things are going to happen along the way. But yeah, we're, we're missing that guy. All right. Do you, do you want some Larry Snark? Everybody yes. wants Larry Snark. Robin Hood <laughs> is completely ineffective at what he wants to do. His plan is a failure. Uh, he is he is not a great hero. He is an example of someone who can't get the job done. Here here is my here is let me make the argument. Let me make the argument right, for why okay. Robin Hood himself is a failure. All right. All right. His job is to rob from the rich and give to the poor. Right. However, he does not have any method for sustaining the he gives the money from the poor and the sheriff takes it right back. In right, fact, it's a cycle. It, no, it's even worse than a cycle. Prince John gets so upset at Robin Hood that he decides to triple the taxes on the people of Nottingham. The reason everyone in Nottingham ends up in jail is because Robin Hood defied Prince John. He is, yeah. from a purely objective vantage point, Robin Hood's quote-unquote heroics is making life in Nottingham worse than everybody, for everybody <laughs> if he did nothing. There would have been less suffering and... King Richard eventually would have come back and fixed things anyway. Robin Hood made a bit, took a bad situation and made it worse. He is a failure. <laughs> and um, and <laughs> I, I don't, should not be celebrated. Should not be celebrated. Um, no, I mean, I, I, I think, I think you're right. I think, but I also think that Robin Hood in this movie is giving the people a a sense of hope that they can fight too. Um, I would love and, and, to, and the, but they but if it culminated in Prince John, the people coming together to topple Prince John with Robin Hood at the helm, that would be fantastic. You didn't. That's listener, not what happens here. You didn't see listeners see me pointing at Andy enthusiastically because what she's saying is gold. You know what part of the Robin Hood story is not in this story? The Merry Men. What That's we right. need to see is Robin Hood creating a movement and more and more people joining the Merry Men and inspiring some actual societal change. Yep. The, the, it is just Robin Hood and Little, Little John. It is nobody else. He has not Put, brought together a coalition and this movement dies in darkness. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Ro this Robin Hood cannot get the job done. Mm. Not alone. He needs to inspire others to take action and it's just not happening here. Well, on that happy note. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Um, 
the music in this movie, what do we think about it? Is it working? I like the opening Udalali song. Uh, I do too, the, a lot. I, I sing that one a lot. It's on my playlist. Sure. Um, there's the, uh, I think you have whistle stop here. That's the bit yep. where they're like, do, 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 do. That, that's a little that's sticky. Um, I think the, the song Love, though, is Ooh. one of the worst Disney songs of all time. Is that, is that me? Although, well, I don't know. They, they, they resurrected in Fantastic Mr. Fox. So, oh. you've ever seen that? It's, it's in that movie. So, it's so boring. It is boring. It is a little odd. Like the lyrics are a little weird. Too. And the and and the melody is slow. This movie has slowed down, and it's got a song that mm-hmm. really slows it down. Not in Nottingham mm-hmm. is a bummer. Mm-hmm. Um, and but it's kind of it's supposed to be. And I think I think that's the um, the sweetness of you know the I, I like not in Nottingham, and I think it's because it's the darkest hour. I mean, you've got Friar Chuck who is here. Here he's putting his own life on the line and innocence has been imprisoned. What, you know, there are ways of doing songs about how bad things are without Mm -hmm. having the melody be slow and plodding and just, Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, it really is. It really just, you have to think about your audience's energy levels. At mm-hmm. all points during the movie. And when people yeah. are starting to drift off, and I, I think both Love and Not in Nottingham cause oh, us to, yeah. to drift. It is a great time to go get some popcorn, go to the bathroom, or just close your eyes because nothing's happening. Then your song is a failure. <laughs> yeah, uh, and thank God for Phony King of England, right? Because it takes us out of that stupor of love. Um <laughs> Although then we do have to sing, hear the sheriff of Nottingham sing that song later on, and oh my lord! Uh, see, I think I I personally like when Disney characters sing songs, especially if they can't sing. Oh, I his know, cover is not great. That. You know who I'm not going to karaoke with? The sheriff of Nottingham. <laughs> That's right. Because right. not only not only <sighs> like do I not want to spend time with him. But that's not going to be a quick karaoke. He is going to take every song and he's going to make all of them his own. He's going to ruin everything for me. I love it. I love it. Well, okay, pitch time. Uh, So to my knowledge, this is the only Robin Hood. Robin Hood's kind of it when nobody goes and tackles it again. Uh, We don't have a Robin Hood 2, I don't think. No, we do Uh, not. so, So what do we do with this source material? So there's there's a few things that we could do with it if we wanted to. Uh, I, I I'm going to say the obvious one is to do this again and make it a TV series. If that's mm-hmm. what I actually think the story of Robin Hood is stories of Robin Hood and lends mm-hmm. itself towards a TV space. I think that mm-hmm. is like if you take these stories and you take these characters and these characteriz- characterizations of these characters, uh, you've got something. It just it's just not a movie. But if I'm going to do something a little bit like more creative than that, a little bit more fun than that, uh, Mm -hmm. I have two options for you. One option is we do the story of King Richard going on the Crusades. Uh, Mm -hmm. Not not quite sure. Uh, I want to glorify the Crusades in in there. You know, 
like they're 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 pretty terrible and honestly the historical king richard uh was not particularly was not particularly great but i could do, see a game of thrones version of mm-hmm. disney's robin hood where we're spending time in Nottingham and we're spending time in London and then we've got this other plot about King Richard in the Crusades and we're doing some sort of grand tapestry linking them all together. Almost like a lion in winter with the ins and outs with Henry and Eleanor and John and Richard. Yeah, 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 yeah. The other thing I've come up with here is Skippy's grown up and now it's time for Skippy Hood. Um, You know, working off of the... Skippy Hood! Working off of the model of his hero Robin Hood, Skippy is going to do it. And there's a there's a new threat from England. Um, and what, what we see is Skippy trying to imitate Robin Hood, but he's not successful because he's not Robin Hood. And he finds right. his own way. Like like the, 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 the mission is right. The way he's been doing it is wrong. And he finds his own mm-hmm. path to becoming the one true uh, hero of, of England. I'm what have you got for us, Andy? Awesome. Well, I, I think the series is the way to go here. Um, and, and again, there's so many backstories to explore here with these characters. We don't know anything about Little John. We don't Nothing. know anything about uh, Lady Cluck. And why are they so loyal to Robin and Marion, right? How did the Widow Rabbit's husband die? There are, There's a lot, a lot of work to do here. It's sort of a prequel series that gets us to this story. Um I want to know more about Elena Dale. I want to know more about uh, what happened, that tension between, like you said, like uh, Prince John and and uh, King Richard. I want to see more King Richard. I want to, not less, but yeah, I think there's a whole he lot He shows to be up for here. so little of the movie that I'm annoyed to even see him at the end. Yes. Dude, agree. where were you? Yeah, um, and yeah. when he makes the joke, now I've got an outlaw for an in-law, Ma- Lady Cluck made that joke an hour ago, dude. Like, <laughs> that's how little checked in you are. Right. You didn't even watch. <laughs> you just showed up on the last day and improv the line we got, we got like 45 minutes ago. How dare you? Yeah, and I th- I do think I want to see um, Robin and Mary and his children. I think that could be interesting, too, sure. where we see them, you know, and their love. And why can't they be together? Why does Robin go to London? Why does Marion go to London? You know, what is happening? And so I think we could spend a whole lot of time with those characters and their backstories. And yeah, Dukes of Hazard, this series. Yeah, I think maybe. But more Game of Thrones than Dukes of Hazard. I mean, we we can combine the approaches here, but there's a way of taking the Disney characters and making something modern that works. And mm-hmm. and uh, and yeah, I I I think they could do it. I think they could do it, and I think we would watch it. Yep, absolutely. What movie are we tackling next week? Oh, you know, oh Lord, Andy. Uh, I I don't even know. Um, I don't know how we're gonna. It's Tron, Andy. We're doing Tron <laughs> next week. And I, oh. I don't know how I feel about Tron anymore. I don't know. I don't know how I, it's been. It's been decades since I've can seen I Tron. Make a, can I make a, <laughs> a confession? I've never seen it all the way through. I've never gotten through it all the way. And I've, I've actually been to the movie theater to see it. And I never stayed awake. So hopefully we'll bring in a guest who can help us out a little bit or something. I'm calling out in the force to one very special listener. Uh, he will arrive next week and we need him. 
So <laughs> we need him badly. You know, we need him Rhett, badly. Rhett One Kenobi, you're our only hope. <laughs> That's right. Well, if you like what you're hearing, will you do us a favor and share this podcast with another Disney or classic movie fan? If you write us a review, we'd be so pleased. And you can check out our Once Upon a Disney Facebook page. You can tweet us at, at Andy Redwine or at Larry Brenner Six. Drop us a line in our mailbag at Once Upon a Disney Podcast at gmail.com. So until next time, friends, see you real soon. Oodle lolly. <laughs>